you 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 caught some of my red leather yellow leather um welcome back to another episode of Stoke Municipal Libraries podcast all booked where we talk to you about books we'd like to recommend and in this particular episode we're talking about scary books that's right so Donald Erlene Katie and I each read a different horror book in honor of October and mm-hmm. we're going to talk about those reads and, and with our powers combined yeah yes. we'll review a variety of spooky books should we go in a particular order like most to least spooky least to most or most famous longest yeah. to shortest <laughs> do we have an idea i'm not sure mine was 425 pages oh gosh mine was 550 i was gonna say you read a stephen king novel so we know it's longer <laughs> Man. mine was 554 yeah okay mine was like one something <laughs> okay so let's go longest to shortest okay i feel like longest you got a lot to say <laughs> got, got, got it. all right so Hello, I'm Erlene. Hi, Erlene. <laughs> to myself, right? I did Holly by Stephen King. Beautiful Ooh. cover. Blues and reds and yellows. And it's also been getting a lot of buzz. It's been getting yes. a lot of buzz, rightfully so. Okay. Um, so let me start off because I tend to be a little negative when it comes to book reviews. <laughs> I have a reputation. So Holly, if you do not know, was introduced in Mr. Mercedes, which is a book Stephen King wrote few years back yeah, Mr. Mm-hmm. Mercedes Finders Keepers End of Watch and then there's three books that contain Holly besides is Holly a person? Holly's a person okay <laughs> I'm so sorry there's a picture Holly, of a house on the front so yes. I wasn't sure if Holly was so like a manor so Holly Gibney is a, a, a private detective um, and you meet her in Mr. Mercedes and she grows into her own um, she was a put aside character in Mr. Mercedes but kind of grew into something much bigger and we all love Holly She's quirky. She's different. When we meet her, she's about in her early 40s in Mr. Mercedes. And if you read those three books, you know she has um, a connection to the detective in that book. Her family is really intertwined in that book. Loses members of her family in that first book through gruesome murders. Read the book. And then you (laughs) see her again in The Outsider, independently on her own running her detective agency, solving cases, still quirky, still being very Holly-esque. And then you see her again in If It Bleeds. The, the Dang. She's in there in a short story, which kind of more is about Holly and Barbara, who is a character you meet in the first Mr. Sadie's book. So you have Holly, Jerome, and Barbara. I want to talk about those characters because they're in Holly book the one i'm talking about so holly <laughs> they're in holly the book. <laughs> the book the book so holly takes place in 2021 so mm-hmm. it's many years after mr mercedes many years after the death of her partner and detective agency she's running finders keepers right now with um peter who is her whole, her old boss's um sidekick and so holly now beginning of this book has lost her mom uh, is the midst of COVID and is very politically charged. Mm-hmm. And so her detective agency is closed right now on hiatus. Peter has COVID. She's taking a vacation. Her mom recently passed away and she becomes a multimillionaire mm-hmm. in the midst of it. And she didn't know her mother had all this money to leave to her. So she's battling that. And so while during the closing of her um, vacation, she gets a phone call from Penny Dahl asking her to help find her daughter who's missing. Pause. This book travels from 2012 to 2021. So you meet Holly all in 2021, 2022, but the meet of it takes place over 2012 to the present day. Oh, okay. 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 So you have Holly, you have Pete. You have Jerome again and Barbara. Jerome and Barbara, you meet in the first Mr. Mercedes. They are good friends of hers. Jerome is a full-on adult. He's writing books now. Barbara's in college. No, a senior in high school, writing poetry. And they all still very close to Holly, helping her write. Okay. All that's fine and dandy. Let's get to the good stuff. (laughs) So Penny Doll is very neurotic. Hover mom. If you knew Holly from the first books, you knew her issues she had with her mother, the exact same issues. Crazy mom, crazy issues. Her daughter's missing. I don't know where she is. She haven't talked to her in a few days. We had an awful argument. Very overbearing. She calls Holly 20-something times. Leaves her voicemail messages. I need your help. I need your help. Police are doing nothing. Well, come to find out her daughter is missing because 
there's two serial killers in the book. You find out very quickly who these people are. Emily Harris and Rodney Harris, they're professors at a college, and they're elderly. They're like in their 70s when you first meet, when you meet them in the present. They're much younger in 2012. They are kidnapping people and eating them mm-hmm. for longevity of life. Is it working? That's not, <laughs> that's not a spoiler alert. That's what happens. So you already know who yeah. they are in the book. And so... Arlene, is huh? it working? Is it working? Yeah. Well, they think it is. Okay. You know, that's the one thing about Stephen King's book. I mean, they, always some little supernatural. Still, they're still able to kill somebody at the Early age of seven. Really, also doesn't want to be responsible if people start turning up dead. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, so what Emily Harris and Rodney Harris does, started in 2012. She's an English, English professor and her husband's a biologist, right? And so they have this creepy love story. And what happens is his her husband feels that... Meat is the way of longevity in life. Ugh. Like people that are keto enthusiasts. Yeah. yeah. And so that's his big thing, you know, the liver and the enzymes and all those things. So certain parts of the body help prolong life. The liver regenerates itself, right? So it must be something to that. Mm-hmm. And she is an English teacher and she kind of feeds into his obsession. Mm-hmm. But what happens is people she doesn't care for is who... He chooses. He chooses because she manipulates it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you find out how that happens towards the end of the book. But the meat of the meat of the movie, the, of the book is <laughs> Holly is investigating Penny's daughter, Bonnie's disappearance, and comes to find out there's a lot of people that are missing that kind of relate back to this couple in some kind of connective way. Mm-hmm. And um, they're killing people. They're torturing them for days, making them eat raw liver. Are they trying to get, wait, do they think it like triples it? Like if you, yes. And then it gets even stronger. Whatever it is. So like, let's say they, they, they want to snatch Leslie. You're, you're yeah. smart. You're beautiful. You got great this. So they'll use your fat <laughs> for their joints. So they make it like a ointment. Jokes on them. I have joint problems. They <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't want you, you know, and they'll eat the brain for like, he has dementia, really earnest early onset dementia um the fat will be for the joints because you know she has sciatica and all these things um the liver will be consumed so they have all these things in the refrigerator from different people body parts Mm -hmm. and they dispose of them in the river so that's the serial killers you already know who they are up front Mm -hmm. and you already know who their victims are Mm -hmm. we're trying to figure out will anyone realize who they are Mm -hmm. yeah um the book to me is about holly but more so about holly and barbara because barbara is Jerome's sister, and you meet her again in the storyline, but she comes to her own. You also meet her in If It Bleeds and what she went through with that particular character. So Holly and Barbara are pretty much kind of on different ends of it, but coming together on figuring out who the murderers are and what's going on. What makes it a horror for me is how real this could really be. Mm. How we, you know, first 48, you know, serial killers, all that type of stuff, cannibalism, and what people think it does for you Mm -hmm. and how close this can be reality. Like, I don't like you. So I'm going to figure out my husband will kill you and will use parts of your body to heal myself. Mm -hmm. The first victim, George was an immigrant, moved his way up in the country, was a professor. And because he didn't agree with everything Emily had to say, she didn't care for him. Mm -hmm. So their ploy is I'm the hurt person in the wheelchair. I need help getting into the van. Hey George, can you help me get in the van? And they poison him and take him mm-hmm. and lock him up downstairs. Mm-hmm. Um, someone they think is vile for society. Oh, I'm hurt. I know you. Oh, hi, Miss So and So. You knock him out. Oh my god! And they only hunt in the fall, and one body may last them like a year. Oh, so they're not okay. doing it all of the time, mm-hmm. and they do it only in the fall. Why only in the fall? Because new students are... I think it, they didn't explain why, but they never did it close okay. together, and that makes any yeah. sense. It was always spread out. It was like, if you're on a college campus, it makes sense that certain... <laughs> you sound like a serial killer. It makes sense <laughs> that certain time of the year are going to be better times for killing people well, that's because of the influx of people that come in. But it wasn't like George was... Jorge was um, a professor then... Bonnie was just a young lady working, but she was a college student, I think. Yeah. Another victim was a young person, like 12 years old, little boy. Um, that was their youngest victim. Someone else was a guy her husband Rodney used to bowl with who was a little bit of weed, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. You know what I mean? But 
he got caught up into because he was young, he was vital, he was this. So I want to take that person. Mm-hmm. Here's the here's the uproar about the book. It's very political. It's mm-hmm. very opinionated. I'm a I'm a liberal individual, right? But this book takes place in the midst of COVID. Yeah. So Holly, if you know from the other books, is very OCD, neurotic, has germophobia. Mm. So she's masked it's a up. Bad she's time this. For her. <laughs> it's a bad time for her. Peter has Pete has um COVID. But then January sixth has happened. Mm. Oh. Um you find out Rodney and Emily are a little old fashioned on their views and how mm. that what they call people in their brains and what they want to say. Mm. And you have these political rants that go on with people they interact with. Well, I'm not wearing a mask, Holly, so this or I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to give you a fist bump. And then you have these long rants into Black Lives Matter, into January 6th, into vaccinations that I think go a little too long. Mm-hmm. I reread Mr. Mercedes when I first met Holly, and it has a little bit of political, but not as heavy. Mm-hmm. But it's very, very heavy in mm-hmm. this book. It was so much so that at the end of the book, there's an author's note going into authors ha- tend to write during the times and reflect the times and um, it may be political heavy. So he already knew when he right. wrote it, how heavy it was. Yeah. Like so, it feels like, you know, how heavy handed you're being. I, I don't know. It just feels like it was very, aware of that it was very heavy handed in a sense. But for me, Stephen King's book always plays into something there's always a little bit of language that's racially mm-hmm. motivated. There's a little okay. bit of this. In in some kind, I'm like, what are you doing? Like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of things so, going on. Do you think he added that in, like, with the author's note and everything because he was purposely, like, focusing a lot on that because of the time it was set in? Because I feel like during that time, it was hard to go a day without having a conversation about masks or, like, it it yeah. happened a Absolutely. lot. Absolutely. Like, but I think because it came out in 2023, we're all exhausted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, we're not in the mindset anymore. So we're I just think kind it of came like, out mm. in 20, 2021, even 2022. It would be close enough that people it would be, would be close like, enough to that's kind exactly of what feel. it was like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But now it's like, yeah, I just want to read yeah. about these people who are eating yeah. people. It's like detracting from the plot now. <laughs> right. Yeah, when people go through a, a harrowing experience, sometimes yeah. they're like, I get it. Yes, I was there. Like, <laughs> but, I mean, overall, it was really, it was good. Yeah. You know the characters. So like the horror yeah. is the two serial colors. There's the nothing... horror is that okay. and it's up front. So you already know who they are. So that's up front. You're like, oh my gosh, will Holly get eaten? Oh my gosh, will Barbara get eaten? Oh my God, what's about to happen? Mm-hmm. And everything plays really well together. Holly makes some silly mistakes when she's walking around doing something like, why are you not telling me where you are? But there are some moments, there's chunks of these long monologues. I'm like, <laughs> is there a supernatural element to it? Or is it See, strictly that's my thing. believable, like could actually happen? Everything he's written in some way has a supernatural element. Mm-hmm. This one does not. Interesting. That's so, that's so weird. It's never answered really if it did help them. I think it was all in their minds, mm-hmm. but there was nothing that really said, oh, they're really doing this because of this. It's like, it was, but they they lived a long time, but they didn't look younger. Mm-hmm. They still had pain. I think it plays into mind over matter. Are you really healed from this? Mm-hmm. Is it a placebo effect? You're thinking it's working. You're like, oh, my pain's not as bad because I are think you, it's not as bad. Are you just mm-hmm. mentally unstable to the point where that's why it works? Probably and at the yes. end, <laughs> when everything closes up, you really see that they were both two very sick individuals li- mm-hmm. living in, together mm-hmm. and how sick one was compared to the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's crazy. She's crazy. But, oh, yeah, you were. You set this whole thing up. If that makes yeah. any sense. Like, you know, she overhears him talking about it one day. She's like, oh, my God, that sounds like such an interesting experiment. It was a massive manipulation. only someone could do it. But sadly, we live in a world. (laughs) Except some people, should they live in the world? (laughs) And it wasn't even, it was so, it was a massive manipulation. And he just, because he felt so passionately about, they called him, I think, the meat man or something like that. He would have this discussion and he was just very passionate about the meat he's written papers about it all of that they thought he was kind of cuckoo on campus but like he's harmless cuckoo yeah. <laughs> and she had that kind of nice nasty thing about her she'll smile but cold eyes mm. or oh you're so sweet or oh darling and, and you already know like mm, she's lying <laughs> she, lied. she doesn't her. think I'm sweet you know? but overall it's a really <laughs> okay. good book um, I went really long I'm sorry it's a really good book 
the horror part for me was this could really happen. Yeah. Yes. It probably has happened. You said that earlier and I was just like, yes. Yes. I, I, the rationale of it all. Jars of mm-hmm. fat in someone's refrigerator mm-hmm. that you've harvested from somebody's thighs. Like, you know, you're making people eat liver and just their whole setup, how they got you there. It's just, it was just really, really interesting. Sorry. That's all. Yeah. Okay. Read it. It's good. Can do. <laughs> so we so but read Mr. Mercedes first, right? I sorry. They you, said you don't have to. But you I, listed so many books before you were starting. Oh, talking I'm so about sorry. It. No, no, no. Not like in a bad way. In a way where I was like, I feel like I need to read so so many things to understand who Holly like is. The Marvel movies, like because mm-hmm. I'm not used to ha- so many characters being repeated in his novels. But I feel like exactly. since Mr. Mercedes, he's kind of operated in this like new realm. Yes and no. Yeah. A lot of his books, characters do repeat. Yeah. Themes repeat. Mm-hmm. So if you know Stephen King, it's always about the shine. Something about this person is supernatural. Something about this person has a, a Billy. And you would think that Holly and Barbara has a little bit of shine about them. They just know something. Yeah. They can just figure things out. Other reviewers would tell you, you don't have to read any other books to know about Holly. I firmly believe to know who Holly is and her growth, you need to read Mr. Mercedes. Read those three books. Yeah. At least those three to have an idea of who Holly is and why he just had to write about her again. Even if you just read The Outsider, you kind of love who Holly is and you can relate to her as maybe being awkward or um, someone who's a little outlier or Mm -hmm. I've been sheltered, all these things, and really coming into your own as an individual, you'll love her for that. You'll love the fact that she's surrounded by love and she grew into who she is. And you'll also be like, Holly, don't do that right now. Like, just don't do that. But you'll care about her. Yeah. So you'll want her to be safe. Mm -hmm. You'll care about Jerome. You'll care about Barbara. You'll care about Pete. You'll know those names. You'll understand why she's doing what she's doing. Mm -hmm. You'll hate her mom. You know, you'll hate her uncle. You'll 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 have you'll relate to her better if you read those books. I just feel like you're robbing yourself of an opportunity to feel like closer to a character, which yeah. I think is important in like a horror novel if you don't know their backstory. Like yeah. if there's all this information out here that you're just choosing not to yeah. not to learn. And I firmly you... believe you should actually I think you should. Yeah. Okay. End scene, I'm done. End scene. <laughs> 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 All right, so I can go next because sure. mine was 425 pages. Exciting. Uh, I read My Heart is a Chainsaw by Stephen Graham Jones. Mm-hmm. And actually, the second book to that just came out this year. It's called Don't Fear the Reaper. I have not listened to that one yet, but I did listen to the first book and I plan on listening to the second okay. one after experiencing the first one. <laughs> yes. So, um, let me think. So My Heart is a Chainsaw follows a troubled teenager named Jade Daniels. She grows up with her alcoholic and abusive father. Her mom is not in the picture, but works in their small town's Dollar General that Jade frequents to steal hair dye. So that kind of gives you a good... Very okay. <laughs> uh, Jade is half Native American. She had a core memory that made her fixate on horror, specifically slasher films, mm-hmm. back when she first picked up Bay of Blood from the discount bin. <laughs> so one thing I really liked about her is she has this interesting fondness, like close relationship to her history teacher that might be the only like positive role model in her life. Mm-hmm. But rather than writing history papers like she's supposed to, she writes... Uh, slasher 101 like papers for him Mm -hmm. where she explains the significance of like how slashers are set up and that they usually are revenge stories or what makes a final girl or all this other stuff so you don't have to have a huge knowledge of slasher films to appreciate the book but if you do oh my gosh it makes the book that much more enjoyable Mm -hmm. um anyway Jade is convinced that their town, which is Proof Rock, Idaho, it's a small sleepy town on the edge of a lake close to a national forest, I think, maybe state forest, whatever. Anyway, um, she's convinced that it is about to enter a slasher cycle, specifically when a beautiful young woman moves to town and starts her senior year there. Her name is Letha Mondragon, and Jade is convinced that she has all the makeup to become a final girl. And it's interesting, Jade is convinced that she can't be a final girl because you don't see a lot of Native American representation in horror Mm -hmm. slasher films. This was made before Prey came out. So so that's one of a couple of key reasons why she thinks that she herself could not Mm -hmm. make it. But now she kind of becomes obsessed with Letha and starts following her around. She becomes even more convinced when Letha uncovers two bodies. Mm. Or no, it's just one body. 
Yes. Interestingly, <laughs> this book starts off with a couple of people getting killed, and then it just kind of falls into this lull where you're learning about Jade and you're learning about the town of Proof Rock, which has mm-hmm. its own interesting like mythos behind us. Behind it. There is a camp on the edge of the lake that she has named Camp Blood. Apparently there were a couple of casualties from kids that eventually shut down that camp. Uh, There's also like this story of Stacy Graves, who's this little girl that drowned in the lake and people are convinced that they see her occasionally Mm -hmm. and she'll attack, you know, unsuspecting kids. They think that she might have been the reason why there were some casualties at Lake Blood. But you don't know how much to believe her because she has made slasher films her life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because this is very much Scream, Crystal Lake. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's got elements of all yeah. of it. You know, even like there's supposedly a drowned city under the lake where there is Pastor Ezekiel and his large hands just waiting to drag people down to drown town. So, Ezekiel. like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yes. Oh, God, I love that. Anyway, it really is hard to know how much of it's just she's really wanting this to happen because yeah. she has a lot of justifiable anger and how much of this is wishful thinking that she's projecting onto her otherwise kind of lame small town and then how much of it is actually occurring Mm -hmm. so interestingly enough because there is so much setup and you're learning so much about her character and then letha and then the town of proof rock you kind of have this big lull where a lot of nothing happens Mm -hmm. imagine watching like two people get killed at the beginning of a horror movie and then about 45 minutes of like background before suddenly, like, let the bodies hit the floor. Yeah. Starts playing. Yeah. And there's just, like, massive amounts of casualty. Yeah, uh, yeah. This was the first horror book that I've ever listened to, which was great. I loved it. Mm-hmm. But it did make it really confusing once, like, the body count started escalating. Because mm-hmm. I was having trouble keeping, keeping up with, like, and, like where who was dying and... and how. And, yeah. But yeah. it was a great listen overall. <laughs> the narrator did an amazing job. And this is one... Ooh. This is when you started previously. I started reading it previously oh, as a okay. book, but I'm a mom. I don't really get yes. a lot of time to just read. I took up running recently, mm-hmm. so uh, I, all of my reading has mostly been listening. That's okay. the only way I can get through things very quickly. Okay. During that lull that you talked about, was there at least a sort of like building of tension? Because like, like I want to feel as though it was, okay, Introduction to horror story because body to the floor, right? Mm-hmm. And then nothing happens. And I, I was I was hoping that like maybe there was at least a building of just like waiting for something bad. Waiting to for something. Like maybe uh like you can sort of pinpoint who those people were going to be. Like, oh, she's going to be the next one to like, you know, get gutted because of this reason. And then when it starts happening, it's just like, oh, bang, or it bang, feels bang, like bang, Jade bang. would be that person who thinks yes. that. And right. so there is a little yeah. bit of tension where people start to wonder if maybe she is the one that's mm-hmm. behind stuff, especially since she becomes so obsessed with Letha. She writes so she writes Letha a letter kind of trying to prepare her for her final girl duty oh, and then God. gives her all of the slasher 101 like papers that she's ever turned into her teacher. Like a psycho. Yes, exactly. Oh, so then you, she's obsessed. You have Oof. this weird tension where you don't know how much either girl trusts the other. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and poor Jade is really just trying to help prep her for what she thinks is coming. Yeah. yeah. What she is correct in thinking it's coming. Yes. Uh- <laughs> yeah. Spoiler. It is coming. Yeah. Spo- spoiler, <laughs> this is a horror novel. <laughs> the will, bodies will hit the floor. The bodies will, will hit the floor. Yes. Um, at 4th of July, which is kind of fun. Oh. You don't see that happen a lot. Usually it's like Christmas or yeah, I think hopefully. it's the Thanksgiving ones. So. I'm hoping way that too they excited all about that hit the ground to Martina McBride's Independence Day. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's a... It's okay. I'm uncultured. I get it. <laughs> I get it. Um... Okay, so we have her. So she has a close relationship with the history teacher. Does the history teacher ever worry about her? So yes, he does once. He does once. Letha points it out because she kind of includes him, and then the town sheriff who feels responsible. The town sheriff lost his daughter through a tragic accident at one point. So um, at some point he has to rescue Jade, and then he starts feeling like both he and the history teacher feel like they should have seen the signs, and they never read between the lines of what she was doing or the papers that she was submitting. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, I guess no spoilers, but like, so because the narrator is so unreliable, in my brain I'm going... Is she causing the horror story? That I'm not going to say. Because okay. the book okay. plays with that possibility very, very briefly. But okay. Yeah. okay, 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 okay. Mostly okay. in what the townsfolk are thinking. Yes. Got you. And so since she's obsessed with slashers and she believes that slashers are a way for people to enact revenge, is there something in her life with which she would like 
revenge to be enacted upon. Yes, <laughs> yes. And you can see her two parental figures are incredibly, okay. like, very much failing her on okay. all counts. Mm. So there's that going on as well. In addition to that, across the lake from Proof Rock, there is a new development sprouting in the middle of the National Forest. And it's just all these wealthy people have uh. bought out a corner that they're calling Terra Nova. So you have a Terra little bit of that like class tension as well yeah. and Letha mm-hmm. is one of the daughters of the wealthy founders of Terra Nova oh so. mm-hmm. what was that epiphany mm-hmm. I didn't it, oh like like they're like two opposing forces they're yeah. oh okay 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 I yeah. was trying to like conceptualize um like she is that like one of the reasons why she considered she would be like the final girl because of like her class well because she... even though she is from like her dad is a media mogul mm-hmm. uh she is super kind like she really is very sweet even in the Mm -hmm. way that she kind of has this intervention with jade you can tell it's from this place of concern not from a oh my gosh you're creepy why are you following me around with all your black eyeliner the whole two different worlds coming together Mm -hmm. one that's either forgotten or i possibly can't be this because i'm not this then this development that kind of and then the manifesting of different yeah, it's really interesting. I keep, I, I keep coming back to like her psychosis, or rather just her like her obsession with this girl. Um, and I just, I, I'm, I'm curious as to like how their relationship ended up in the end. Like, I okay. You gotta read the book, right? You can't tell me. You can't tell me. I'm gonna have to read this. Like, could you tell me exactly how it ends? <laughs> I can tell you <laughs> once you. we're off air. If you, if you don't want to read it, but I do recommend you read it. I will. Read it, it does. It does sound really good. I don't know how I feel about the lull in the middle, but I do think a lot of horror movies, at least for me, who is a baby, baby chicken when it comes to horror movies, the the beginning where there's nothing bad happening is one of the tensest moments because I'm like, it's gonna happen. When's it it gonna happen? Yes. (laughs) Well, and to be fair, the lull gives you a lot of time for character development for Jade, which I feel like in horror movies, you don't have as much time to get super attached to the central Especially for slashers because the whole point is that you should, like, you can't care about them because they're wanting them to die. They're getting butchered mm -hmm. for your entertainment. You can't (laughs) care about them too much, except for the final girl. She's allowed. (laughs) One thing that I thought was hilarious, even though the book is called My Heart is a Chainsaw, she does in one of her slasher 101 papers point out that uh texas chainsaw massacre is actually not technically a slasher because leatherface wasn't taking revenge on anybody okay i mean point yeah there you go (laughs) yeah um what kind of person would you recommend this for because it feels like it is a very different kind of horror like it feels like it is gosh what is what are people calling all of like the midsummer like that kind of horror art house like kind of like an art housey like elevated horror or whatever it is very meta like honestly like where it's thinking about itself it's not like buckets of blood you know volume six more buckets (laughs) (laughs) definitely if you have nostalgic feel toward either slashers or horror movies i read the author's note for this one as well apparently the author did spend some time growing up in texas so that's also something pretty cool about him Mm -hmm. but apparently he and his buddies when they were like i don't know 11 12 or 13 somewhere in that age range Mm -hmm. they knew somebody who worked at blockbuster who would hook them up every friday with a few horror movies kind of on the down low and they would go watch it in one of the dad's garages so this is kind of that homage to that feel feeling of enjoying something that maybe you shouldn't but who cares it brings you joy yes it brings you joy it makes you feel seen <laughs> you can bond over yes. with people over it um i'm glad you got through it because i know that's something that it sounded really interesting when you were talking about it i'm glad that the uh audiobook was good yes because yes. sadly it sat on my to read shelf on goodreads for like <laughs> two years yeah so I remember you talking about that and you and you would always say very mournfully that like I just don't have time for it because it is 400 something pages. Yes. And the yeah. cover is gorgeous. Like it mm-hmm. has this kind of opalescent sheen and then you just see where a chainsaw has slashed down the middle of the title. So it's <laughs> like got red underneath it. So, you know, once again, if you're into horror, the cover is great. Yeah. OK, I think. I'm going next because my novel was 384 pages. Dude. Although I also listened to it's it. It's a contest. No, no. Yeah. It's a, I, <laughs> it is a contest. Size matters. I know my Do bag and I stick with it. Yeah. I'm fine. <laughs> um, so I read Everyone in My Family Has Killed Someone by Benjamin Stevenson. Um, this is more of a dark comedy. Uh, I would say it's more of a mystery because they are actively solving a mystery. Um, it has the pretense of being written by the author, like by 
being written by the protagonist who is the author of the book, that kind of pretense. So if you don't like that, you probably won't like it. But I do like it because he adds all these author's notes about things that happen. Um, And he also says that he is writing based on the old, like, golden age of mystery, Agatha Christie-esque rules of mystery, and that, like narrator's reliable detective doesn't lie like that kind of thing um and he gives you the rules because there are 10 rules the fifth one is racist um about writing mystery novels <laughs> they literally say that in the audiobook it says rule number five redacted <laughs> yeah um you can look it up it's, it, it exists it's a real thing uh and the actual rules are really interesting because it is not about tricking the reader which i feel like a lot of mystery novels feel like they are yeah, like they they're about to. misleading you because they're like oh i don't want you to be able to find it the whole point of these mystery novels is that if you are paying attention you could feasibly understand the actual people who could do it because you're narrowing people down like oh these people weren't there when x happened like so you can figure it out. But it's very funny. He is having a reunion with his family. This is the first time he's seen his family since he testified on the witness stand and sent his brother to prison. Oh, for murder. Tension. Tension. <laughs> Tension. Uh, his whole family hates him. They were all kind of low-key criminals, like not murder, but... The title is Everyone in My Family Has Killed Somebody. So he's the bad apple because he was good? Because he turned someone into the police. They they do not trust the police. They're also in Australia, um, which gives it a different energy because they don't have the same like tensions we do in America, um, or at least not to the same level. So the it's weird to say the culture in, in, in uh, Australia is different, but it is. Um, so they have that going on. Uh, their family does not like the police. They're going to a reunion. Um, I really like the way he writes this because he reveals things to you. He is purposefully telling a story. So he is like, sorry, I'm not going to tell you that right now. Um, he has in the beginning he's walking through the chapters he has names on the front of the chapters he is going through the people in his family and when they killed somebody um whether it was like a hit and run like accident like or purposefully like murdering somebody that kind of thing i love the first chapter i'm pretty sure he says for all of you people who are obsessed with gore the murders are in chapters like one five (laughs) thirteen So he like literally lists all the chapters Donald, where someone dies. <laughs> yeah, I was tell actually, me where it is. As you were describing this, I was about to ask you on a scale of one bloody knife to five, like where would you put this on the gore? Like, so I wouldn't say it's incredibly gory, but if you don't like descriptions of like gross things, you probably wouldn't like it because people do die in weird ways, and because it is a mystery, there is examination of how they died and like trying to figure out how it happened. So they do talk about it quite a bit. Um, but this is honestly more like it is a mystery. You are trying to figure out who's doing this. You do suspect different people at different times, but at the same time, it is not as much about the murder as it is about their family. Um, which is really interesting because a lot of people are dying left and right. Um, but you get this really like, I, it is like drawing back a curtain because you'll be in the middle of thinking someone, something And he'll say something and then because he is the author who has lived through this but is also the protagonist of the actual story in like the narrative framing, he'll be like, oh, I'll tell you about that in in another chapter. Yes. Um, Like he has uh, a wife that he is with. When he gets to her chapter, he says, I don't want to talk about that. And it goes straight to the next chapter. And you're like... (laughs) you can't choose not to tell is his family has she killed somebody so that is something that you have to see later when when you're like i don't want to talk about that is that because she killed somebody tell me (laughs) this book would frustrate some people it would frustrate people which is why i wanted to make sure because i really like that narrative device i loved that it was funny as well that he was both telling you the story as if it was his like by autobiography but also because he his job as a writer but not the kind of writer you think. Not the kind of writer like, oh, yes, he's a writer. He writes those 99 cent Kindle Unlimited Amazon <laughs> How to Be a Better Writer that. books. Not even a fiction book. He writes How to Be a Better Writer books. So people kind of make fun of him because 
they're like, okay, yeah, you're a writer. Wink, wink. <laughs> like, okay, sure. And he literally talks about the fact that he has never written an actual book. He always mm-hmm. writes, writes advice on how to write books, um, which I thought was very funny. But it means he's very methodical, like, because he writes basically technical instructions right. on writing. So a lot of times he is very focused on rules. And that makes for a really interesting framing device because he is making the story fit into these rules in a way that is really interesting to me. Um I just thought I just thought it was so funny, especially if you don't want to be always focused on like dark brooding, like murder. Right. Mm-hmm. And you want that kind of like, yeah, someone died. But like the next chapter, someone's going to make a stupid joke or the narrator will break the fourth wall and be like, you know, that's the last time that happens. Mm-hmm. Wink. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, that person's about to die, I guess. Um, there are a few murders in it. And I think the the reveal felt realistic. It was not like, oh, like I suspected things and I love when I suspect something, but I'm not sure because it makes me feel like you actually earned the reveal as opposed Mm. to being like, well, you were drunk the whole time. So you didn't realize that you were wrong about everything. And I'm like, well, I'm not the protagonist. (laughs) I don't want to be lied to. Thank you. Um, Is it safe to say this is like a clue? It is very clear, very very Agatha Christie. Like if you like a procedural novel where you know that the person telling you the story did not do it like they're not going to lie to you and be like and i just didn't tell you about the time that i murdered everybody um but also if you like like family intrigue and this like tense situation between like family members um if you like uh oh gosh if you like stranded like forced uh like enclosure like they're all at the the retreat on a mountain and of course and he literally says of course it starts storming of course it gets snowed in like of course oh i love it when Um, they lean into the cliche yeah and he's like of course it did because a murder's about to happen so obviously very knives out very knives out out. so if you like that kind of like self-aware humorous breakdown of like the like murder mystery trope that also adheres to the same rules I think this would be a great read for you. Also, again, it's set in Australia. So if you listen to the audiobook, Australian. <laughs> Fantastic. We are love the, it. Are the footnotes funny as well? The footnotes are pretty funny. And there's never too many footnotes that the audiobook is confusing. Because that oh, has good. happened okay. to me before where I'm like, wait, what are you talking about? They work it into the paragraph really seamlessly where they are in the middle of a sentence. And then you can tell that the narrator is speaking in a parenthetical basically they do a good job of making it very conversational um i i like especially within a comedy like this when it does feel conversational especially with that framing aspect of like oh i'm telling the story that i live through they chose the perfect narrator because he really makes it sound like he is like sitting you down and being like let me tell you about this thing that happened to me it was crazy let's talk about junie no i don't want to talk about junie right now actually we're gonna we're gonna skip to frank (laughs) um yeah it was really interesting and he gets things revealed to him as well so it is you are discovering why his family is so mad at him because it's not just because of the brother thing Mm. as you learn more you learn more about why that's such a big deal other than you know because I feel like most people would be like, I'm upset, but if your brother murdered somebody, he should see justice. You mm-hmm. can see why later that it's justified that their family has problems like oh. and it's not just like, oh, we don't like the police. Like there's reasons that they don't trust the police and also don't trust him now because he sided with the police. It's mm-hmm. a it's a whole backstory. Um, very interesting. I liked it and I would recommend it to people, especially if they like murder mysteries, if you like Knives Out, if you like. Agatha Christie, if you like mm. anything like that, um, it would be perfect. Well, Agatha Christie, but with humor, because right, right. it is a parody of take on the murder mystery trope. And I did look up the whole... St- Number five? Yeah, I was like, oh. What? Oh, oh, it's rough. Yeah, exact that. <laughs> Hilarious, because everything else is like, you know, yeah. there cannot be more than one secret passage, because, you know, you'd be tricking people. Like, at that point, like, sure, make it magic. Yeah. Um, and then number five rolls out, and you're like... What? Where does that come I'm from? A, I'm going to say it, because I feel like people are now thinking, How like, bad can it be? even yeah. no Chinaman may feature in the story. Like blatant um, racism. Just blatantly, <laughs> you can't. Yeah. I was literally listening to a podcast recently that is based on these rules, and one of the people who is playing in the podcast is like of Asian descent, and he was just kind of like, "Oh my god, I guess I'll just leave the podcast." And like, <laughs> and and, yeah. and they and he jokingly said, "Like, oh, I get it. It's because we're just too good at everything." They would be like, "Obviously." 
obviously I did it because yeah. I'm superior. It is as if um, the whole But it's rough goes. and it's written in the 1930s and they just full on were like it would ruin the story and I it was the rules are very interesting but oh boy. Yeah. Redacted. Redacted. <laughs> Good for, I I appreciate the fact that they just redact like it made sense that the podcast I was listening to they talked about it because he is of Asian descent so he can talk about it it made sense that they were just like we're not even going to talk about that because i have no yeah what am i going to say about it (laughs) it's racist uh yeah so that was me guys that was my book a humorous dark comedy and now it's donald with a short little baby book (laughs) short little baby book (laughs) 30 second summary, go. Oh go. my gosh. Okay, okay, okay. So, my book is called The Lamb Will Slaughter the Lion by Margaret Killjoy. Um, it is really cool. I love it. Uh, it's so. I looked online and there's a lot of like fan imagery of it about um, and the way they kind of like personify the characters is they put them all yeah. in like the Scooby Gang sort of archetypes. Oh, and it's I love that. so fun. Um, the is story it itself. Kind of like, is it kind of like comedy? I was going to say no. Okay. I was wondering <laughs> so it's very tragic. Thing. Oh, it's tragic. <laughs> very well, tragic. Tell me more. <laughs> um, so it starts out with our main character, Danielle Kane. Um, she is in one of these. I, she I Daphne or Velma? So she would be, I want to say a Velma. She would okay. be Velma. Yeah. Okay. Uh, she would rather be, here's the thing. Should I be Velma or Scooby? And it really <laughs> depends. Oh, that's on, like, Depends I on know, the day. It really <laughs> depends. Interesting. <laughs> She no. is a werewolf. <laughs> she is just very, um, how do I say, intrepid is the word. She's very like investigative, but she's also kind of like snarky. Like she sees everything with a very sort of like wry or very cynical view. Um, so she is, um, I don't know what they call them. I, I call it shantytown in my head, but I know that's not right. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just like uh, an abandoned town that a bunch of like hippies and other um, uh, unhoused people moved into. Uh, I, I would assume. Yeah. Um, and they have their own form of, oh, commune. Oh my God. Commune. commune. That was like shantytown. It's, I love Donald out here, 1920s Donald. It's the shantytown. <laughs> and I was like, do you really want to I know. I was like, I know that's wrong. Um, but uh, but yeah, so it's kind of like a commune of sorts. Um, there are group, tons of groups of people there. They they all work together to kind of produce food and like mm-hmm. help each other out with chores and things like that. But at some point, one person decides to abuse that freedom and starts to inf- like impose his own control on mm. over the group. Um, this is all happening while Danielle is not there, uh, but her friend is. And so when this guy takes when this guy tries to take over, um, there are a group of people. Who decide that no, you're not going to ruin our like socialist cool utopia? Commune. They say, yeah. yeah. Um, and so what they do is to get rid of him, they summon a demon. Okay, of course. <laughs> That's what you that do. I quickly. I don't yes. want to say murder is always an option, but it seems weirdly less severe than summoning a demon. Well, can I have a seance? Yes. Is it really murder if the demon does it? If the demon That's does right. it. That's right. I just brought a knife to the party. I didn't use it. <laughs> I'm not a Ouija board. You didn't have to. Ouija. Yeah, you'd have to Ouija the board. (laughs) They summon a demon, and this demon is sort of like, I guess they call it like the avatar of um, vengeance, but in the way that the the demon like kills bullies, right? (laughs) So I know, right? Of course. (laughs) Yeah. The demon kills bullies, so he kills the person, but then they Mm. can't get rid of it because, like, once you ring that bell, you know it's it's happened now. Uh, So no one can bully anyone. Any, he's patrolling the streets. Yes. <laughs> anyone who would choose to impose their power over the group or anyone else is now one of his targets. Um, and so Danielle comes into the story and because like her friend was one of the people who summoned this demon. Right. Mm-hmm. And so eventually, I guess, like the framing comes around where it's like by doing so, by summoning the demon to hurt someone else, you yourself imposed your own power over yeah. another person's free will. So now the demon's hunting them. Um, and so she's kind of, she's in town, she's trying to figure out what's going on. Um, and it goes crazy. It starts to spiral out of control. The demon uh, can, the demon is a deer, a three, a three antlered deer with a, a red coat, blood red coat. Um, the way it sustains itself is by eating the hearts of prey animals. So like rabbits, uh, other uh, I imagine creatures. a lot of the creatures they have for food. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and it can also bring those creatures back to life. Oh, <laughs> no. Are they zombies? <laughs> Zombie. Ah! Animals, and their Zombie wounds rabbits. don't go away. Ah! So you have, They're like, rabbits and bloody. other animals, like, walking around with, like, their chests open out where the demon has, like, 
ate their heart, you know? Uh, and so at Why one point- Why does he bring them back? Can he control them? Yes. He okay. can control them to kind of like, they're just honestly just kind of like m- ominous masses because he's the one doing the enforcing. Yeah, they're the just rabbits there to are just company. Yes. <laughs> the demon deer. The demon, the demon deer. deer. Yes. Yes. Uh, so as the story winds on, Danielle is bringing out the mystery um, and she comes to the demon crosses her path. She is very much like hands off. She doesn't like she tries not to interact with the story as much yeah. as possible. She's just here to figure out what happened to her friend and like dip, you know. Um, but does because... she look at the demon and go, you're enforcing your will upon us? <laughs> no, uh, Logic trap. <laughs> no. But at some point, the demon goes away. And uh, never mind. Um okay. <laughs> Danielle tries not to interact with the story, but at some point she comes, uh, she crosses path because as she's asking questions, uh, there are people who, right, not rightfully so, but like uh, predictably so, don't want her to be asking these questions. It's like where he came from, what's going on around here, and also everyone in town can they? see the demon. Everyone in town knows what's happening, but no one's doing anything about it. Uh, so it just it, it continues to spiral of control until eventually, like you know, cops get called. Very small town vibes. Yes, this, is, this feels like a metaphor. <laughs> The village. Yeah, it's yeah. Really... but M. Night Shyamalala. <laughs> did not. I did. Um, so, yeah, it was just really cool. I really enjoyed Danielle's character. I liked the fact that she was someone who was clearly a part of her story, but refused to, like, refused to acknowledge that. Uh, she was, like, the, the protagonist of our story and leading us throughout the, the whole thing. But at the same time, she's just like... I don't want to deal with this because, like, I, I'm not equipped to fight a demon. I don't know how to handle any of that. And, like, just subsequently she ends up joining with, like, the Scooby gang and they kind of banish it. And, like, you know, that's how that goes. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it was really cool. Very short. Uh, I had a very fun time. It was very in and out, which is why I liked it so much because I don't think that sort of premise would have lasted 400 pages. Um, I'm glad it resolved itself yeah. like, pretty quickly. That makes sense. Yeah. I, I was... I don't know if I said it on the podcast or not. I like when horror writers commit to shorter page lengths Mm because I think that is a way to make sure that you are keeping tension Mm -hmm. and suspense. Mm -hmm. I think it's really easy when something is three, four or 500 pages to let it dip. And I think the attraction for me to horror novels is that like tension that you feel when you're reading it. Cause I, I honestly don't like reading horror novels in like different settings because I'm just like, you're interrupting the flow though. Yeah. I need to keep myself at a, like a, uh, I need to keep myself hyped for the yeah. horror. <laughs> yeah. um, how many pages was it? Was it like a novella or or is it still regular? Definitely novella. novella. It was like under 200 pages. I want to oh, say okay. maybe like 130, 150 Dang. in between that range. Yeah. Yeah. Very it was nice. like from her arrival in town to like a little bit of backstory to the plot actually beginning. Um, it was just it was very much like the pacing was wonderful. I love So it. is she like did she uncover all the information about them doing the ritual or is that like she walked into town and they were like they did a ritual. There's a demon. <laughs> no. So. Uh, so, yes, she so like mystery, uncovers. Kinda. It's a mystery. Okay. Yeah. It's a mystery that has to be unraveled. She walks in, meets the demon right away. Right. So she, she hitchhikes <laughs> to town um, and Clearly she notices not a like deer. <laughs> Clearly not a normal deer uh, looks at her deer looks at her right in the eyes. And I guess like tests her soul or whatever and decides that she's like not a bully. And so he walks away. Not a bully. (laughs) (laughs) So he walks away and leaves her alone. And I think for the demon's part, he, for the most part, just like he's very true to his nature. If you aren't hurting anybody, if you're hurting, excuse me, if you aren't hurting anybody, he will leave you alone. He's the weirdest hall monitor ever. Yeah. He is contractually (laughs) obligated to kill bullies, guys. It's not that he wants to. That's his job. That's his job. (laughs) Are you trying to tell me he quit his job in this book? (laughs) That's the that's the uh, that's, that's the moral the, of the story. Demon looks you straight in the eyes and goes, "Uh, uh-uh. <laughs> come with me, ma'am." I see all those statements you have. <laughs> oh man, oh, but yeah, I, I like the like I said, very quick. Like you, I like what you said earlier. It kept the tension like yeah. very high. Perfect. Um, and when it was over, it was just like, "Oh my god, Woo. what was I? <laughs> what did I just read?" Look for a short short jog there. Yes. <laughs> so who, apart from maybe adults who enjoyed Scooby Doo when they were younger, who would you recommend? this book too i would say hmm that's a good question because like i liked it but i liked it because it was weird i liked it because people who like weird horror yeah i guess if you like weird horror like i said i like danielle as the protagonist because she was very much adamant about like not being a part of this story she was a scooby-doo character who did not want to be in the scooby-doo gang reminds me um, of nope just people being like uh-uh uh-uh nope, nope. <laughs> and i just really resonated with that as someone who was also not equipped to handle a demon i would not want to <laughs> participate in any of that nonsense so yeah, I um, I also liked that the story kind of explored themes of like anarchism, socialism, and like things of that, like anything that's kind of like 
anti-establishment. Yeah. That kind of thing. And I was they they handled it with it wasn't like a this could fix everything. It was like, well, no, this is an option, but it, but it has nice. its own problems. Right. You know? Because there was no government like ruling over them, there was no one to kind of oppose this guy. People who, who were was in, who taking, was advantage, taking yeah. advantage of it, which is why a, a random group of people summoned a demon. Summoned a demon. <laughs> Obviously, the first step. There's <laughs> the a new sheriff step. in town. Yeah. When you look at how to stop a bully, the first step is actually summon a demon. Summon demon. If and that then doesn't call work. The then you can call the police. Did they give any insight into why that was their first option? I think it more so came down to with like <laughs> I think it I would have I would assume it's because of Did they think it was real or were they doing it kind of like as a I think it was just kind of like a random like option that they were trying because like I, they were they were very much adamant about not calling the cops to bring because like usually in those such uh calming situations cops raid towns and they disband like the people and they really liked they really liked the group like they yeah. felt as though if we get an authority involved the authority will not approve of what we are doing yeah and kind of like destroy this whole thing so they wanted to find i guess an alternative way of handling the situation unfortunately it was they didn't such think an about extreme mob mentality no, get everyone I, together with some pitchforks. And I'm just... guessing they're all pacifists, Katie. Oh, that's. <laughs> I think so. I, that was, I, think, so I feel like that was to, hinted at. They had to get a murder demon to do it. <laughs> Who was a deer? Interestingly, you like you would you, think yes. it would have been like a wolf or I don't know, a lion or right. something. But no, it's a demon uh, or excuse me, it's a deer. That's what I yeah, mean. I wonder if there's like a symbolism behind deer. I'm gonna have to read that. Yeah, yeah. It's, like I said, super. I love fun a short book. novel because you can just be like, I'm just gonna see. Yeah. <laughs> And also, there's a book too, and I have to read it too because, like I said, there is the archetype of there the Scooby Scooby Gang now. So there's other mysteries in other towns that need to be solved now, and I wonder if it's also more people summoning demons. I, I'm curious as to what's happening. <laughs> okay, they've gone too far. I just, too, I'm very too curious. Much, too yeah. Much. Okay. But that was it. I think that was like our that was it, guys. That was yeah. our overview of cool, spooky novels. Yes. So. I think most of them are pretty new, like last few years too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mine yeah. came out in 2019, mm-hmm. and then, like I said, there is the brand new one, Don't Fear the Reaper, that just dropped. Yeah, so. 2023. I think 2022. for all of our books, I wouldn't consider any of it truly creepy or horror. I think yeah. anyone can read them. We have we know people in this building that cannot read yeah. a horror. They'll be freaking out for, for weeks. I think anyone can pick up any one of our books and read it and, and mm-hmm. look past the gore of it and the bodies hitting the floor now the only caveat like i'll give for my heart is a chainsaw there was one scene in there that was absolutely truly disgusting like okay. probably one of the grossest scenes i have ever read was it towards the body hits the floor part yes okay yes mm-hmm. so keep an eye out for that one if you um don't like visceral body horror maybe yeah clear i don't think i had anything like that in mind yours felt more psychological or rather more suspense because it's like you know who the villains are you know who the heroes are you're just waiting to see like if they're going to be caught and who else is going to fall it's like a procedural but not the cops and the biggest thing is why are they doing this yeah yeah the whole setup was very they took time with the setup Mm -hmm. why the why the whereas yours was a whodunit yours is a why done it yeah yes i love that yeah why and will they be caught Mm mm-hmm and like, why? <laughs> Just why? Like, well, on that last why. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. And stay tuned next week for more fantastic book recommendations. Bye. But why? Bye. <laughs>